and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I am David Bax. And thank you for listening. Happy New Year, David. Oh, same to you. Thank you. Now, the listeners have gotten a new episode every week, but we haven't actually met to record for like three weeks. Yeah. I'm hoping so, we're not too rusty. I That has been a concern of mine for the last few days. I'm just like, I'm going to oh, just... Oh. Also, we want to apologize for the hum in episodes 39 and 40. Yeah. I'm still actually kind of working on it. I'm just not very technically astute. Yeah. Somebody on AST gave us a, uh, a recommendation like, oh, you should do this and this and this. It's like, what makes you think no, I'm actually, we could do that? I've actually been in contact with that guy, and he's okay. actually helping me to, to do that. Okay, well, that that's thing great. That thing that I don't understand. So It is unfortunate because, uh, you know, I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back, but I enjoyed those episodes, and we've gotten... We have gotten a great deal of feedback from episode 39, so thanks, everybody, for that. Um, but uh, it is unfortunate because, like, you know, it's like, oh, man, I can't because I've been, I've been out of town and I've been recommending the podcast to people. And they're like, oh, I'll listen to it. I'm like, don't listen to it this week. Listen to it, like, <laughs> a few weeks ago and then you'll be able to, you know, bear with us when there's this horrible hum. Yeah. Speaking so. of feedback, you know what we have not gotten any feedback on? Okay. Episode 41, specifically the question of whether or not when you switch bodies with another man, yeah. as this happens in movies so often, oh, yeah. is it gay for you to masturbate? This is, I, this is, it's been on my mind since we recorded that <laughs> back in November, and I was expecting the, uh, the opinions to roll in. I know. I guess our listeners are more mature than we thought. Yeah. We're aiming at the wrong demographic. I know. Um, but okay, but, but thanks, happy new thanks year. To, happy new year. Thanks to to Wyatt for being on the show. Sure, that was a lot of fun to talk about. And then uh, thanks to Paul Goebel for having us on his show again twice. Yeah, technically. Um, so uh, yeah, it was very exciting. Did you have a good Christmas and uh, New Year's, David? Um, yeah, it's pretty good. All right. What did you? Do? I know that you have a you have a tradition on christmas day did you did you carry through with it uh not so much actually oh man um the tradition is to see something really unchristmasy on christmas day right um and i really wanted to see uh four months three weeks and two days oh, yeah. the romanian abortion movie because what you know because why not that's that'd be perfect that would fit right in line but uh couldn't convince Teresa to go see that uh we eventually Decided that it would come down between No Country for Old Men mm-hmm. and I Am Legend. Yeah. I wanted to see No Country. She wanted to see I Am Legend. Right. We played a game of Uno to settle it, and yeah. she won. So okay. we saw I Am Legend. All right. But we didn't actually end up seeing it on Christmas Day anyway, because oh, by that time they were all sold out. But we we saw I Am Legend. Yeah. Which I ended up really liking. So Yeah. You know, I, but more, I, more about that next week. And Yes. Yes. Sorry, I forgot what next week was. <laughs> um, but uh, so, yeah. All right. Well, let's see here. Uh, well, my uh, my holidays I spent them in Minnesota, uh-huh. and uh, it was it, it didn't take mu- it didn't take long for me to forget what cold weather feels like. Uh, it was like twelve degrees when you step off the uh, plane, and it's like oh my gosh! I got to wear my awesome winter clothes that I love so much more than my summer clothes, <laughs> and um, I got to go skiing, and uh, that was. Uh, you know, I was telling you that the first half of the day was pretty crappy, and then the snow got to be a, a little more easy to deal with. But just like, I literally, I, I used to ski all the time when I was younger, but I, li- I fell twice that day. Once while coming off the ski lift, and I, man, did I swear. I was just like, <laughs> son of a motherfucker, you know, because it's just like, 
I become that guy, that <laughs> overweight guy who can't even make it off the lift. Like that is <laughs> so pathetic. Um, but, uh, but yes, after a while it got to be, uh, enjoyable, but, um, but yeah, for the most part I got, uh, I had a good time and I got some, got some good presents. So, oh, good. But uh, I got a very nice Los Angeles Kings uh, cap. I know, and it, I saw that it had uh, it had uh, replaced your rather fascist looking uh, black uh, black baseball cap. Yeah, that thing was that thing was kind of beaten to death. Was it? Yeah. Well, you're gonna have to get a new one. Well, no, I'm sticking right now. I'm wearing the Los Angeles Kings hat. Now, who got it for you? Teresa did. Okay. Well, then yeah, yeah, you gotta stick with that for at least like another month. No, I, I like the Kings and I like the hat. Oh, all right. I gotcha. I gotcha. Anyway, so the Kings beat the Blackhawks nine to two the other nine night. Nine to by the two. Way. Oh my gosh! For nine points to be scored between two teams in a hockey game is rare. Yeah, they scored nine points on their own. Wow. Yeah, that's very awesome. exciting. I want. I do enjoy hockey, and I want to go to a Kings game someday. We'll, we'll go. So. We'll broadcast live from yeah. there, in which it basically it's just David going like, "This is awesome." And we'd be going like, "I don't, I can't tell where the puck is." <laughs> so that just that for like two hours. Okay, um, so like you started off saying Happy New Year, indeed. Um, and uh, there's a there's a tradition. I don't know where it started, but people do New Year's resolutions. That's right. Uh, I usually don't. I, I don't either. We cause... decided it would be good podcast fodder. Yeah, to do to do some. That's so right. um, we've just got five movie related. Uh, resolutions. Right. So I'll go first. Okay. Uh, my first one is I'm going to try to ignore things like like hype and and, and Oscar pressure. You okay. know, to see certain movies by certain dates. Right. You know, like we you and I have talked about a lot. I still haven't seen No Country for Old Men, and it's yeah. not because I don't want to see it. I want to see it. I just don't. Uh, I plan to be alive for a lot longer, and I don't yeah. <laughs> feel like I need to see it this week. You know, like just just uh, to to fit in with everybody else who's seen it early. I'll see it eventually. You know, and actually, now that you mention it, I will say this: if you were to die this week, No Country for Old Men is not the movie you want in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Those last few moments before you take your last breath. Yeah, well, the last movie I saw in the theater was Enchanted. So there you go. Now that, that was a good one. Now we're talking to see. Um, yeah, and that's actually that's that's a good resolution. You know, because I myself. I always do it, even though I'm. I get so frustrated with the Oscars. I still feel the need to see. It's like, well, I better see all five nominees, though I have no interest in seeing them if it weren't for the Oscars. Like it just, it's very odd the the kind of pressure that 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 adds. So yeah, but you know what? I agree. Well okay. done. Um, okay, so uh, here's here's one of mine. Uh, in 2008, I'm going to see at least seven foreign films in the theater, which is five more than I saw. Uh, last year, which so. which uh, which two did you see? <clears throat> I saw year? the host, right, and saw I me. saw Letters from Iwo Jima, which was technically a 2006 movie. So I'm not sure if that even counts. So yeah, but you saw it in the theater in 2007. You saw yeah. both of those with me. Well, I, think, right. I think that says a lot about my influence on you. Yeah, and uh, also I didn't have to pay for either one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that, that Although, you know, something I mean, as well. It's been said a lot uh, in, in, in the press, uh, 2007 was a banner year for American films. It sure was. You know, so it, it's not that, I mean, because I, like, if I look at my list of, of movies that I've seen in 2007, there are very few, uh, 
you know, yeah, very, very few. I saw a Clavia, the Indian film, but there are very few uh, foreign films on my list. It was okay. just a, a really big year for uh, for American film. Well, that does make me feel a little bit better. Um, now, David, you've got another one. I've got four more. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm leading you uh, into just the one right now. I'm going to start trusting and listening to my friends who know about movies. Because here's what happened. In okay. high school, now, I mean, I knew you when I was in high school, but I didn't you know, go to high school with you. And, right. and so like, I, I just, people, high school kids who thought they knew stuff about film. Yeah. Didn't. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really either, right. but it's I, not necessarily the fault. You know, it's not yeah. that they're stupid. It's just, but, you know, you're young. You have only been exposed to it. A but short I, time. I knew more than most of them. <laughs> or I had better taste. And so I started putting like, pretty much just ignoring what my friends thought and putting most of my trust in, in, you know, I'd find, seek out critics that I trusted. Right. And the thing is, that habit sort of stayed with me. Like, I still, even though now I have friends who are very knowledgeable about film, you right. know, uh, when they recommend something to me, I'll be like, eh, yeah, we'll see. You know, I don't say it out loud, but I'm kind of like, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, You've said that out loud to me, David. That's, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so I think uh, I need to, to start trusting my friends okay. on film recommendations. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going to devote as much time as it takes to finally understanding what uh, French Impressionism is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. We can talk about neorealism. We can talk about German Expressionism. You say French Impressionism to me, and I'll I'll struggle to make, to explain it, only to find that I have explained German Expressionism. It's very frustrating to me, David. And this is the year I'm going to figure out what it is. I I did Wikipedia. That did not help. So your birthday's coming up. Maybe I'll buy you a book. <laughs> okay, uh, number three for me. Uh, and this is sort of the opposite of, of caring about what my friends think. I'm going to be less defensive about... Uh, ne- next week we'll talk about our favorite movies of 2007. Right. And, you know, I've got just, like some children's films and some very mainstream films in my yeah. top ten. And I'm just sick of being defensive about that. Yeah. I'm not defensive. I mean, I still think the movies are good. Right. But I just like... I feel like I have to defend my credibility as a as a film nerd when, when I really like uh, a kid's movie or a, or a mainstream movie. Well, yeah, it's very much, you know, I mean, my my favorite movie of the year is... Both? Yeah, I mean, it's, and so it's just like, and and people, usually, I will say this, usually people who haven't seen it are always just like, really? Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, it's really, really good, but I've, it's gotten to the point now that I will say, no, no, it's really good, before anybody even has a chance to say yeah. anything. So, um, okay, all right, I gotcha. Uh, this is my number three... This might be the first resolution to go. Uh, <laughs> I will watch at least one Tyler Perry movie because I, I I bitch about him, but I haven't seen one. So as right. far as I know, he's freaking he's the next he's the you know the next Kubrick. Um, but I will watch at least one Tyler Perry movie, and I will give it as much of a fair shake as I physic as is physically possible. Good for you. All right, I I, I did that. I, I yeah. watched uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman with an open mind. Yeah. Um, and then that mind snapped shut right <laughs> after you saw it. Yeah, um, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to to beef up my DVD collection. Okay, I used to buy DVDs a lot when right. I was in college. When I worked at video stores, I could get them discounted nice. and stuff. Um, but I don't really do that anymore. Lately, I've I've gotten a few, um, and I've been watching special features, and I've realized how much. Uh, how much I enjoy watching special features of movies that I like. Right. You know, it, it uh, makes me feel like a 
a real good film film buff. And uh, <laughs> like you're doing the right. And I'm not thing. gonna. And I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try to shy away from buying too many like brand new movies. Right. Right. You know, because that was another thing that I fell into when I worked at the video store because I would. That's what I would be able to get really cheap. Is right. so I, I have a lot of movies that came out in like 2002 through 2004. Like I have uh, a whole lot of those movies. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be a kind of a spike there. If you go year by yeah. year, 2001, 2002, 2003, oh, man. Yeah. I'd say it's like 75% of your collection. Um, uh, this is this is kind of an, an odd one uh, for me because I do sometimes engage in it. But uh, I'm going to try to remain as ignorant as I can of Hollywood gossip. This includes celebrity breakups and meltdowns. See, that was a, that was a little writing thing I did. Because uh, you always read about breakups or meltdowns. Yeah, apparently, so, uh, apparently, so, Britney Spears just had one. So, um, so are you going to just not go to the grocery store anymore? Because that's I'm honestly just, you know, that's where I get all my celebrity news is standing in line <laughs> at the grocery store. Well, once I, uh, I guess, I guess, basically, here, here's the deal. Like, I will go to the Internet Movie Database, and they will have movie news or like studio news, and then they'll have celebrity news. And with celebrity news, like, sometimes it'll say such and such, you know, somebody did this. And it's pure gossip. I mean, it's not like, you know, a, re- a well-respected actor, like, passed away or something like that. I'll read that and right. in good conscience. But, like, you know, so-and-so broke up with so-and-so or whatever. Or trouble on, you know, this person's in trouble again. And I will click on it. And I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I looking further into this? Like, basically like that kind of thing, where if I see the headline, I'll just let it be that. I'm not going to look further into it. Okay. Uh, My number five, my fifth resolution is I am going to actively campaign Hollywood to put Matthew Lillard in more starring roles. (laughs) Because, you know, I've just recently seen the trailer for uh, Something Terrible. That okay. he's going to be in. All right. I can't remember if he's either the Spiderwick Chronicles or In the Name of the King. He's in one of those two. I can't remember which one. Jason Statham's in In the Name of the King, but that's all I know. There's a lot of people in In the Name of the King, actually. Okay. But um, I, I can't remember which one he's in. But not, hey, certainly you've seen Hackers. I sure have. And you've seen Scream. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you would agree, without hesitation, with me that Matthew Lillard is the best part of both those movies. Well, he's—I know he's serial killer <laughs> yeah. and hackers. Yes, he is. Um, but and he makes it—he makes a hell of a Shaggy. Yeah, he's funny as Shaggy. Yeah, and he's got a little uh, cameo in Looney Tunes back in action. That's right. Uh, with the animated yeah. Shaggy, which is a very funny little little scene. But have you seen Wicker Park with Josh Hartnett? I have, as a matter of fact. Okay, I, I'm sure you'll agree with me that it's terrible. It's a it's not horrid. A, not a good movie. Uh, but every time Matthew Lillard is on screen, he yeah. plays uh, Josh Hartnett's friend. Yeah. Suddenly the movie is filled with life again. And what's more is he's, you know, I mean, you think of him mostly as like a slapstick, crazy, kind of over-the-top actor, which he's good yeah. at. Yeah. But in that, he's just the amusing best friend. I mean, it's a, it's a role that you've seen countless times before, but he does seem genuine. He seems like just a, a friend that you would know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good resolution. And I will, you know what? I, I will join you. This podcast now, that is our resolution. <laughs> All right? I'm taking yours and making it mine. Okay. Um, not to imply that I don't have a fifth one. I've got it right here, David. Okay. I'm, I'm right. looking forward to it. In 2001, I am going to rewatch Armageddon, okay. The Punisher, right. Gone in 60 Seconds, The Postman, 
and Remember the Titans. Well, Will, why, why all those movies? Well, I'll tell you. Will Patton, this is your second chance with me. <laughs> all right? I haven't seen any of these in several years. Maybe I've changed as a person. I'm going to go back, and who knows? Maybe I'll fall in love with Will Patton. You know... Um, that you could just watch some of his good movies. That might help. But that's the, you know, that's, uh, you know, in like in like Jesus' Son and... Uh, Jesus' Son, yeah. But what about The Rapture? That's uh, an amazing film. He's the cop, right? Yeah. He's pretty good in that, I guess. Uh, he's in Desperately Seeking Susan, a film that I personally, is very dear to my heart, even I've though it's a little cheesy. It. Uh, what else? Yeah, Jesus' Son. Um, I like the Mothman prophecies. Oh, Not yeah. going to be defensive about that. No, that, nothing wrong with that, but I do remember uh, Mothman Prophecies was uh, one, of the, one, of the, one of our favorite jokes for a long time, that never has the word chapstick been so frightening than in the <laughs> Mothman Prophecies. Um, yeah. But, uh, He's also in two films that uh, I don't think you like, but okay. that I love, Breakfast yeah. of Champions and Trixie. Tri- that's right, yes. Uh, I think I want to go with the ones, you know, I mean, these are mainstream movies, and he does have, like in uh, The Punisher and Remember the Titans and certainly The Postman, he's, he's got very substantial roles in that. Right. Like in Jesus' Son, he's just, you know, I'd say it's almost a cameo. I mean, he's not in it very much, is he? Uh, no. Okay. So I want to, you know, where he's very prominently featured, um, I want to... I want to see what he can do. Well, maybe you should watch Desper- Desperately Seeking Susan. Okay. Because he's in it a fair deal, but he talks very little. All right. Okay. It's almost a dialogueless performance. Well, I don't have... You know, that maybe because I don't really have any objection to his appearance. <laughs> so so maybe I should give that one a try. Um, he does scowl, I think, in Desperately Seeking Susan. Will that bother you, the scowl? It might. His scowl bothers me. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but you mentioned The Punisher. I did. As a matter of fact, no. Uh, the Punisher, as a movie and as a franchise, yeah, is uh, predicated on the on, on, on the notion of vengeance, of yes. revenge. So, eighteen minutes into episode forty-one, <laughs> let's get into it, shall we? This is our this is our topic. We're going to yep. talk about revenge in film. Films about revenge. Yeah, there's no better way to ring in the new year than just a, a list of really often depressing movies and. Uh, yeah, sometimes very fascist ones. Um, but not uh, to mention movies that include Harry Dean Stanton grabbing a chain link fence and saying, <laughs> "Avenge me!" <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well done. You've already got one on your list that I wish I had on mine. Um, that wasn't even on my list. I just saw that uh, <laughs> Teresa has recently acquired the Red, Red Dawn Collector's Edition. <laughs> It's sitting right there. <laughs> now those are some special features that I want to watch. <laughs> it's a, um, a two disker. Of course it is. Um, no, what uh, I was struck by this uh, by this uh, topic idea because uh, over the uh, the holidays I saw Sweeney Todd, and that is a movie that that really I mean that really is about the the complexity of revenge and wanting revenge and just the effect that it has on the person who who is seeking justice, you know and. And uh, and it just got me thinking about you know I mean what is you know I was talking I was talking to my wife about it today is you know we we got into town last night both a little jet lagged both a little tired sitting in an IHOP and all of a sudden here's me going hey Jen what's the difference between justice and revenge and it's like, <laughs> just like and she's like what are you talking about 
Um, That's a good point. I actually, in making my little list of films to talk about today, that was something that occurred to me because I've got a couple on here that are that are mo- probably more justice movies, right? Um, and it's and it's just there have always been movies about revenge and and vengeance and and, and that sort of thing, um, and and books and plays. I mean, it's just it's a very it's a very human theme, I would say. Um, but uh, just the last, I'd say, probably in the last twenty years. Have there been movies that really explore the negative part part um, of revenge? But I guess before I talk about those, maybe we should talk about like movies like Death Wish and Dirty Harry and you know um, and why and why not Red Dawn? But I guess there's really just that part. But um, yeah, there's just the one part. But you know, uh, in Death Wish and Dirty Harry, it really just have you seen either of those, David? No. Okay. Um, they're you know they're interesting movies and uh, with you know pretty good performances and they're nice little cop movies but I mean they're all about you know vigilante justice and and all that but um but yeah it it really is just like oh this cop he's gonna get those bad guys and he'll kill them even after they have already been you know neutralized and uh, and it's one of those things where it's just like you know he's gonna he's gonna make them pay you know yeah. and it's like. And it really made revenge awesome. I love it. Yeah. You'll get him, Dirty Harry Callahan. Um, and uh, and some would say, in fact, I don't remember what I, I heard it in a class, and I don't remember where I, where uh, which class it was, but um, that you know, revenge movies tend to be the opposite of the times uh, that they were made in. Like in the seventies, like they were made kind of in response to. Um, kind of the, you know, the hippie movement and the free love. Like, so like we need somebody who's not afraid of these, you know, to who won't go by these liberal laws. Sure. You know, we need somebody who's just gonna. It's like, oh, the, the, you know, your your precious pansy Democrat courts couldn't keep this guy in. <laughs> Justice will be served with a gun. That kind of thing. Sure. So, um, and now you know. And in the last few years, you know, where, you know, after September 11th, I mean, we kind of touched on this a little bit, where so much politically that has happened after it seems more revenge motivated than anything. There have been scores of movies that have come out that really explore what that does to to the people that are enacting it. So I've been talking for a while. Can you think of any movies that really explore the, the theme of revenge? I've got a... Pretty long list here. Okay, longer um, than mine. Yeah, um, I won't feel. Yeah, yeah. This, about is, this was your idea, and I started uh, like researching online, and I found uh, this is a really rich vein. It There's is a lot of movies that that, that talk about this. Um, but as far as what well, you were talking about, Dirty Harry and Death Wish, um, uh, a movie that I think has that's somewhat similar to that that I like uh, mm. is The Crow. Oh yeah, yeah. Because uh, that's all all it is. There's not. Uh, He's not. He's not. The crow is not wiping out any sort of larger societal problems. Right. It's, he's just taking on the one that got him, the ones that wronged him, and, yeah. and he's doing it uh, mercilessly. Yeah. And, and we are meant to 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 cheer him on. Right. Um. But uh, yeah. I mean, and, and that, those those kind of movies are fun. Um. But I find myself. Uh, being more drawn to the movies that you said sort of explore what. You know what vengeance uh, does to a to a person. 
Yeah. You know, uh, like um, uh, Straw Dogs is a good example of that. Oh, yeah. You know, um, and then I've, but I've also got on here, uh, well, now, uh, the filmmaker Chan Wook Park has made a trilogy of revenge movies. I've only okay. seen two of them. I've seen Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and Old Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third one is Lady Vengeance, and I still haven't seen it. But uh, Old Boy is. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Not yet. Oh, I'd be happy to lend it to you. It's really I good. will. I. I've, everybody has been telling me to watch it. Um, the 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 remake is no longer happening. I don't know if you knew about that. Oh, I didn't uh, know that it was. Justin Lin was going to remake it. Who made okay. uh, he made a Better Tomorrow and Fast and the Furious Three and right. Annapolis, Ugh. and uh, finishing the game, which I wanted to see, uh, but didn't see. Anyway, uh, but Old Boy is sort of it's sort of a mix because you, on the one hand, you're on this guy's side, right? You because what was done to him is insane. That's also with sympathy for Mr. Vengeance as well. The th- the things that are done to these people to to make them seek revenge mm-hmm. puts you so much on their side because it's right. not. I mean, not that. I mean, certainly with Punisher or or anything where their a family member is killed, you know. Yeah, I mean, you would understand being one wanting revenge, but it's sort of blatant. I mean, right. not, it's sort of general. Yeah. Whereas, uh, like in Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, this guy has. A dying sister who needs a kidney. He can't afford. He can't. He can't move up on the list. He can't afford to pay anybody off. Mm-hmm. So he goes with these shady uh, people who uh, will essentially. It's sort of the underground market who will who agree to take his kidney as payment mm-hmm. and give him because his kidney won't match his sister. Right. They're going to take his kidney and give him a kidney that matches. Well, they take his kidney uh, and then they don't follow through, and his sister is is dying, and he's been put through all this. Stuff and so I mean, from right from a very like uh, almost visceral standpoint, you want these motherfuckers to pay, yeah. you know. And an old boy, the guy is locked up for fifteen years for no reason. Yeah, he's uh, and uh, but old boy. So yeah, you're on his side, and you like seeing the the uh, the bad guys get punished. But in 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 old boy and in sympathy for Mister Vengeance, um, you the. the you sort of start to feel uncomfortable with your protagonist as well because he is clearly this is driven a little crazy, right? Uh, and yeah, so that, that's that's that that's what I like to explore more. I think that's a better, yeah, um, story. You know, I mean, for, I do really enjoy the movie Payback. Me too. Um, which is yeah, I mean, it's just it's funny and I mean, very aptly named. Um, you know, because this is a guy who just is wronged and then proceeds to destroy everyone. Um, and uh, and it's you know, and and we've you know talked about the Punisher, and that it seems that one seems like you know goes very much into overkill with you know making the audience sympathetic with the lead character. It's just yeah. like uh, yeah, this doesn't this isn't Bruce Wayne where two of his family members die. Literally, the entire his entire family, anybody who's maybe even lived next to him, is killed. Yeah, um, and that's just in the more recent movie. In the more recent, in the, movie, I mean, yes, in the yes. Marvel comics, it's just his immediate right. family. Right, and uh, and like they do that so much, and it does make you wonder. It's like, did they do that so that all the horrible violence that uh, that Frank Castle inflicts on other people, so that we're on board with it and don't question it one bit? Um, because I think 
and it, you know, if that's the mindset, then I, I, I'm really, I don't like the movie that much anyway, but uh, I'm really not for it. But, uh, but that's, you know, I feel like in any movie about revenge, like even though it may feel satisfying, it, there should be some questions asked, even in mainstream movies. Like, I mean, you brought up the crow, which is very similar to Batman, you know, yeah. Batman is wronged and he, he wants revenge and you know is very and is pretty close to taking it and then he takes that and turns it into fighting against a larger you know something bigger something societal and and all that and that's the right way to do it um the wrong way is you know <laughs> frank castle just destroy right. you know just you know as as we've talked about you know uh, one of my least favorite violent scenes is what happens to john travolta at the end of the punisher yeah. where he's Shot, dragged by a car, and lit on fire. Where, uh, wow, that's pretty rough. But, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, here's another movie, and let's get into the question of uh, justice okay. versus revenge. Um, this very violent movie called mm-hmm. Man on Fire oh, with yeah. Denzel Washington. Um, that I, I don't know if revenge is the right word because the Dakota Fanning is kidnapped, right. And I guess eventually, I mean, spoilers, he does think that she gets killed. Right. But he starts his crusade of horrific violence yeah. before just to, to get her back, to seek justice, mm. you know, to, to, to find her captors and right. make everything right, you know, which is different than, than revenge. Right. Uh, but that, yeah, the uh, the difference between Punisher and Man on Fire is that... Uh, and this, here's more Man on Fire spoilers, but um, the violence that he inflicts sort of destroys him. Yeah. Uh, and he dies at, at the end, and he has to sacrifice himself. He has right. to he has to trade his life for the girls. Right. You know. Um, and he's essentially uh, damned himself to hell. Uh, I mean, that's it's not blatant but i mean that's sort of talked about basically the the idea of hell is talked about in that movie and uh so he's made sort of the ultimate sacrifice uh for for this girl and so and then one thing i really like about man on fire is that it uh it doesn't take a it doesn't take a stand on that whether or not that's right or wrong Mm -hmm. uh i mean it like it's like i said it's destroyed him as a person uh, but good has come from it. Uh, has has what he's earned um, been worth what it cost him? Right, uh, and that uh, that's not answered in that movie. And that's uh, you know, I mean, the thing uh, I think Tony Scott lately, particularly, he's gotten so he's made these movies like Domino and you know movies about violence, uh, and he's so his style is so broke that it's uh, he walks a thin line, mm-hmm. and so you get, I mean. Thematically, I think Man on Fire and Domino are of a piece because they're both movies about violence. Right. Uh, they really explore violence. Uh, but Man on Fire is, I think, terrific, and Domino is uh, horrific. It's terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, with that, with uh, Man on Fire, I think it does such a, a much better job of making it almost completely about Denzel Washington and the effect that all this is having on him. With You know, and... You know, it lets you see what's you know what's going on inside him and all that. Whereas with Domino, I mean, you know, Keira Knightley's character is just 
you never really can figure out why she's doing what she's doing. Right. Or, well, that's but I mean, Domino brings in. Uh, we're getting off topic here, but Domino brings in you know the sort of celebrity culture and media type right. of thing. So it's sort of Man on Fire is an introverted look at violence, and and Domino is an extrovert. That's look true, at violence. I guess. Um, yeah, uh, I'm trying to let's see, I'm trying to think of a way to to segue into this, but I guess I guess a movie like uh, like Unforgiven was one of the first oh, yeah. big, uh, you know, because. Revenge is a is a very I mean it's a pretty prominent theme in in the Western genre, yeah. And uh, Unforgiven is one of the you know one of the first movies to really explore like like it's it's a there's a several very telling lines where you know this one this kid is talking about these guys who he's being paid to kill and they've done you know some bad stuff and the kid's like well I guess they have it coming and then Clint Eastwood says you know well we all have it coming you know and it's just like that because I guess that's that's something that I wanted to talk about perhaps even a little earlier than right now is just th- the notion of revenge. It's just a very personal thing. It's saying that I was wronged and and it's and it's and maybe somebody you know like an objective observer might not actually say, oh well that person is clearly right and innocent and they were wronged and thus there must be punishment. You know. It's a very subjective thing. I was wronged, and so I'm perfectly right in right. doing this terrible thing. Um, <clears throat> and Unforgiven is one of the first ones to ex- explore that, you know what? I mean, terrible things can happen to people who don't, des- who don't necessarily deserve them, but, you know, they might, I don't know, they might, in their response to it, come to deserve what they got, you know? And it's just... A movie uh, like another movie f- for me is uh, a history of violence, which Viggo Mortensen does not enact revenge. He's yeah. having revenge, you know, uh, enacted. Is that the right word? Enacted upon him, yeah, by Ed Harris, who was wronged years ago by a very crazy Viggo Mortensen. You know, yeah, and it's but then just- that's. I wish I could. I tried, and I couldn't think of a movie. You know, I can think of movies that show it from the. Other person's point of view, the person mm-hmm. upon whom the revenge is being enacted. Right. But I couldn't think of a movie where the person enacting the revenge is sympathetic. You know, there's movies yeah. like like Cape Fear. Yeah. Or uh, even like Star Trek Two. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, but the person enacting the revenge is clearly wrong. Right. You know. What I'd like to see is to, to take a movie like uh, I don't know what's what's when we what's when we've talked about here. Um, Punisher, like 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 a uh, maybe like old boy, okay. you know, and just see it from the other person's point of view, where this other this person is, uh, you know, this person that we would otherwise have sympathized with now becomes the villain, even though his motivation is sympathetic. What mm. he's doing makes him a villain. That would be an interesting film to me. Hmm. Let me look at my let me look at my list here. I don't think I really. Well, you know what? The Crossing Guard. Oh, I never saw it. Oh man! Oh, it's it's uh, it's very good. It's directed by Sean Penn, yeah, and that's yeah. one where David Morse plays a guy who uh, I think got really you know got really drunk and killed a girl uh, while driving. And um, Jack Nicholson is the father of the girl. And years you know years later, I mean, David Morse has been in prison. Like he turned himself in. Like he clearly feels bad about what he's done. Yeah. But 
that does not, you know, justice has been served, really. I mean, the guy went to prison for years and years, but it hasn't, you know, justice hasn't been served for Jack Nicholson, who has been counting the days until this guy gets out, and he's going to track him down and kill him, you know? And it's one of those things where it's seen mostly from Nicholson's point of view. He's clearly the lead. And at first, you're like, yeah, man, somebody kills your daughter, you gotta, you got to get him. But then... Over the course of the film, your sympathies are very much more with David Morris and Jack Nicholson, a guy that you were on board with, is now the villain, you know, yeah. and uh, it's a really thoughtful and intelligent um, exploration of the theme and and uh, really solid performances by Nicholson and David Morris. But um, I would say uh, a similar, somewhat similar movie is The Limey, which, um, okay. you know, is all about, you know, this uh, this father you know and his his daughter has been has been uh, killed and so he's seeking revenge because you know you can't let somebody get away with it and um and in doing so i mean he winds up hurting a lot of people and in do- and once he finds out the truth behind her death he realizes that you know what he might be a little bit to blame himself you know and it's just and that it's not always i guess this is what i'm talking what i was talking about a little bit earlier that it's not always just black and white, clear cut. This person clearly did the wrong thing, and I'm right in hurting them. You know, it's right. like nobody's really innocent, and so your your sympathy is still with with uh, Terrence Stamp in the Limey, but uh, but at the end you realize, like, oh my gosh, it just wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It winds yeah. up being so much more complex as this issue always is. Yeah. Um, Another movie that has a, a similar revelation at the end is Memento. Oh, yeah. You know, which you're with him the whole time, and then, you know, once you fought through, you know, 90 minutes of gimmicky movie, that's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You do get a little bit of a moral. <laughs> yeah. A, a bit of one. Um, and I would say, even though I don't love the movie, uh, Mystic River uh, has, has that as oh, well, sure, where, yeah. uh, you know, Sean Penn, he... You know, he, that's the thing is it first establishes him as very much a grieving father crying. I mean, you are totally with him um, from a character standpoint, not necessarily an actor standpoint, because he kind of overplays some of it. But that's 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 neither here nor there. Um, you know, and then in his in his uh, blind. And that's the thing is, you know, he's so eager to find somebody to blame that he jumps on the first person that he can find and winds up doing something very wrong. And, uh, and he's very much the villain at that point, you know? Um, and I guess that's, you know, that's another theme is just how revenge, because it is such a selfish thing and it's all about me getting my satisfaction. You will look for that satisfaction anywhere, you know, and you often will wind up, Blaming people that aren't to blame, hurting people that don't, you know, that don't necessarily have it coming. And before you know it, you're just as bad as whatever may, whoever may have hurt you in the first place. Um, you know, a movie like, oh, um, like House of Sand and Fog. Oh, yeah. Which, um, you know, kind of goes back and forth and back and forth. And it's all about. You know, that's a movie all about selfishness and all about like, well, I got to get what's mine and this person has wronged me. So now I got to get back at them and still get what's mine. And before you know it, just to, it rises to a level 
that it never you never thought it would be, but that's yeah. the natural progression of vengeance and and that kind of thing. Yeah, and um, you know, um, heavenly creatures, uh, uh, which I still haven't seen. Oh well, it's fantastic. I know I'm you should sorry. see that. Um, not that I'm putting any pressure on you. That's fine. You're my friend, and I listen to you. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> that uh, makes the the sort of uh, I won't I won't spoil it for you. Uh, okay. But the sort of climactic act of of revenge is so misplaced, and it's done by children. And it oh my, and it shows you how childish revenge is mm-hmm. in general, whether it's done by children or not. But this is an right. illustration where it's it's put in the hands of of young girls. Hmm. I'm very intrigued now. I have to see it. It's a really good movie. Um, really fantastic. Yeah, and uh well I guess we should I guess, you know, we should talk about uh, Munich now. Yeah, that's on my list here. Cuz that's I'd say like that was like one of the first ones to pop into my head. Um when I thought of this uh of this theme because and we've talked about it before, but I mean it's just you know, I mean it starts out and you're very much on the side of these characters. And then just slowly but surely it gets more and more out of hand. You start to see the victims more as people and less as just like, oh, the perpetrators of, the, of this horrible thing. And before you know it, I mean, it, there's there's no end in sight. You know, um, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and more people get hurt and more people until finally you almost forget where it started in the first place. Yeah. It has just kind of perpetuated itself. Yeah, and this is a good, uh, definitely a great post nine eleven yeah. film, and I think we talked about it on that that episode, mm-hmm. um, because it's un- unlike when you know John Travolta's henchmen kill your entire family. Right. What's What's happened to What happened to the character in this, characters in this film? What happened to Israel in this film? Mm-hmm. And what's happened to America on September eleventh? You can't point your finger and say that guy. Right. You know that's the guy. Right. Uh, and so so. D- Doing anything from a revenge standpoint, as much of our, like you said, a lot of too much of our foreign policy uh, has been based on revenge. Since then, uh, is just misguided. Right. That's not the way to solve a problem because it's not. There's not a guy. There's not a guy whose head you cut off and then everything right. is okay. Well, and that's and what's more is like just like just uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, and it didn't even it didn't really occur to me that. That because that after a while revenge becomes and I, and you mentioned it with Memento revenge becomes your whole life you yeah. know it's not about what you're getting revenge for you know it's like in the case of Munich or you know foreign policy it's just like you strike out at whoever you can whoever you can that person strikes back at you and then you have to get them back for that and then it goes off in this whole other direction that is not even close to where it started. You know, I mean, that's, uh, that's another, that's, uh, in the movie, uh, the prestige where, uh-huh. you know, it starts out as this feud and then it gets so much worse. And then there's a very telling line where, you know, Hugh Jackman is talking about, he wants to find out Christian Bale's secret. And someone says, well, what about your, you know, what about your wife? And he's like, I don't care about my wife. I care about his secret, you know? Yeah. And it becomes, and like, it's a very telling line and you're like, and he, he kind of throws it away and it doesn't call a whole lot of attention to it, but it's there. If you're paying attention, you're like, Oh my gosh, this was all about his wife. And now it couldn't be, you know, he actually just said he doesn't care about it. Um, yeah, it's, uh, 
Now, what is your take? Now, have you seen the Kill Bill movies? Yeah. Okay. Would you say those movies kind of do what Death Wish did and and all that, that they kind of... Because they're very popular, you know? Yeah. Do you think they have kind of... They kind of popularized the, the idea again? I don't know that the idea ever went away. I mean... I guess not, yeah. I mean, it's it's something we, we, we want, you know? Um, uh, for a, a, you know, a better recent film on Revenge, see uh, Dinner Rush with Danny Aiello. Oh, which I... Do you own that? No, I don't. Oh, man. It's a good movie. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, yeah, Kill Bill, I don't like those movies. Right. And, uh, we don't need to go into it. That should have been one of my New Year's resolutions, actually, is I don't want to be the kind of film nerd who's defined by what he doesn't like. Right. You know? I like. I feel like on this podcast, maybe I've talked shit about Wes Anderson maybe one too many times. Right. I, I don't want to be the guy who doesn't like Wes Anderson. Exactly. You know, I don't, but you know what? I want to be defined by my my tastes, not, right. not what I, not what I dislike. So, uh, yeah, Kill Bill, dumb movies. What do you have to say about them? <laughs> well, um, yeah, well, I mean, fr- from the, you know, from the point of view of what we're talking about, I mean, it really, you know, it, it, it uses the revenge thing to justify a lot of admittedly pretty cool looking violence, which might yeah. be, you know, wrong headed. You know, sometimes, Sometimes it's, it doesn't do any harm to have just a good revenge fantasy. I guess that's true. You know, I mean, uh, there's you're not going to be on anybody but Manny Patinkin's side in The Princess Bride. <laughs> you know? That, right, right. Guy with six fingers killed his father, now he has to die. You know? Right. And there's no there's no gray area about it, you know? Or even a movie like Carrie. Yeah. You know? Uh, which I... Uh, not a movie I love, but um, uh, I don't really feel too bad for... The, uh, at least the main, you know, John Travolta and right. and the main characters who get who get hurt by Carrie. Right. I feel bad for maybe some of the people in the school. Yeah, you know, there's the gym teacher particularly, but uh, uh, and then one of the uh, I, I guess I consider almost consider this some sort of a guilty pleasure. But uh, Thelma and Louise is one of oh, the yeah. great revenge fantasies of of the nineties. <laughs> um, and I guess along those lines, uh, Sin City. You know, there's a lot of basically um, the character of Marv, played by uh, Mickey Rourke. Like his whole character is about getting revenge for you know uh, uh, a prostitute's death, and and of course, you know it's very much like the Princess Bride, where the bad guys are bad, the good guy. Well, the good guys are also pretty bad, but they're <laughs> less they're less bad, um, and you're just with them the whole time. Doesn't matter how many. How many? I'm not kidding. How many limbs he saws off? Uh-huh. How many? Uh, how much cannibalistic behavior he gets involved in? You're right there with him. You're like, you get him, Marv. You get him. <laughs> you know, you you cut that guy's legs off. Um, well, that reminds me of, um, uh, you know, Shakespeare was no stranger to the vengeance theme. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of Titus. Titus. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Hey, he like hangs them upside down and slits their throats, yeah. and then he like bakes them into a pie and serves it to Jessica Lang. I mean, it's in the one film, it's Jessica Lang. Right. That's not like the character's name in the Shakespeare play or anything. But. That would be awesome. <laughs> it's just like it's like oh, Othello's uh, his worst enemy was uh, Howie Mandel. <laughs> Odd name, um, but uh, you know, and I weird because it's brought us back to Sweeney Todd there. 
Um, these which I haven't seen the film, but I'm, I've seen the play, so I'm I know, okay. I know okay, what's going all right, on good. Um, and there's and there's one right there where it's it is so clear cut that it's like, oh well, this this judge has wronged him in a horrible way, and he deserves, and he's been you know locked away for 15 years. His family's been killed. It's a nice mixture of old boy and the Punisher. Yeah. Um, you know, and he comes in and he's going to get that judge, but in the meantime, he kills everybody. Yeah. He kills complete strangers. <laughs> you know, and that's, and it's, it's shown as humorous for a while that it's like, really? This guy who's done absolutely nothing to you, you're just killing him? No problem? And it's viewed as funny, but then after a while, it just gets silly. Uh, it, not silly is like crazy. It just gets ridiculous, the people yeah. that he is killing, the number of people and the innocence that he is killing. And then you come to find out, spoilers for those who haven't seen the musical or seen the movie, um, then it come, come to find out the judge didn't even really kill anybody, you know? <laughs> uh, he did bad things. Yeah. But, you know, and then, you know, and then uh, it's just, and that's the thing, is the idea of just, it's so subjective, like the person doing it probably does not have the whole story, you know, but... They think they do, and yeah. they act on it, and it's like, well, maybe that's not the best I, thing. I would say a lack of perspective is almost a prerequisite for carrying out revenge. That yes, yes. Um, trying to think if there's anything else that we've pretty much covered everything uh, on my list. Are there any other movies that you wanted to wanted to talk about? Um, well, The Godfather is on right, here, right? Um, but I, yeah, I couldn't find a, a way in. But I mean, again, a lack of perspective. I mean. Uh, their father is attacked, right. you know, and because this this world, this close knit crime world, is the only thing they know. There's only one way they know how to deal with it, right. you know, because uh, you don't. You, I mean, you do in, in Sonny, but in in Michael, you almost you don't even really see a lot of passion in his eyes about the revenge. You know, right. it's it's the it's what he knows. It's the only thing he knows to do. You know, it's go ahead. and and what's interesting about it is you know especially there at the end. You know, when everybody dies, it's like all throughout, like they, they do try and act as if they have perspective. And they're like, hey, it's just business. It's just yeah. it's like, you know what? Not all these killings are business. You know, yeah. some of them are a function of just craziness. Just like, well, I got to kill everybody, you know, um, yeah. because they because each of them have wronged me in some way. So I better just kill all of them, you know, um, and that. Yeah. And that he just has it. It's just so deeply ingrained in him that it's like a knee-jerk reaction that, well, that's what you have to do is shoot, you know, Sterling Hayden in the neck. <laughs> so, um, but uh, were there any others that uh, that you could think of? I mean, there's other stuff on my list. Again, Gladiator is a big revenge right, movie, right. but I don't, I don't really like it. Um, yeah. uh, oh, did you ever see I'll Sleep When I'm Dead with uh, Clive Owen? Oh, no, I didn't, but I always wanted to. That's, that's, a, that's a cool one. Okay. Um, you know, uh, oh, a white of the blue, white, red oh, right, trilogy. Right. Have you seen those? I saw. I've seen red. Oh, okay. Um, blue's my favorite, but okay. uh, white is the most. Um, I guess uh, I don't know what the word is. Uh, it's it's the most mainstream. I think you could show, except for the fact that it's got subtitles. Mm-hmm. This because it is a revenge story. It's pretty accessible, right? Uh, to audiences but uh yeah that that should be on my fucking resolutions list too is revisit the three colors trilogy because i haven't seen them in years and they're brilliant all right um you know and actually i've been 
I've been watching. I just started the fourth season of The Wire on DVD, and oh. and it is, you know, you mentioning The Godfather just kind of reminded me of that. Like, just, I mean, I guess that could be just a thing of gangster movie. Like, in any kind of gangster movie or TV show, that's a prerequisite is revenge. You know, yeah. just like, oh well, he got one of our guys, even if it's. Even it, if it doesn't have anything to do with business, it's just a personal thing like, oh, this guy killed this person because of, you know, he had a fling with his girlfriend. It's yeah. like, well, we as an organization who have really nothing against that that guy who did the murder, well, we got to kill him. I mean, it just, yeah. it's done so flippantly, you know, and it's just, and of course, you know, with each person that goes down, it's just, you know the the people that are doing it just lose less <laughs> they just lose more and more of their humanity um until finally you wind up uh you know like Sweeney Todd that I guess that's the I keep coming back to the movie because it's so fresh in my head but uh but yeah Johnny Depp's performance is really good in it um a lot of people don't like him in it they say that he doesn't do uh, he doesn't sing very well but I think he's he sings just fine but um but i mean his character just winds up just so so inhuman at the end i guess that's you know that's the the logical ending is that like it gets to the point that no no other people matter but you you're the only person whose desires or needs matter because you know this person hurt me so i'm perfectly justified in hurting whoever um, and then, but what's odd is that in doing that, in, in ceasing to see anybody else as people, you actually start to become less of a person yourself. And Johnny Depp really reflects that in the movie. All right. Well, we should probably wrap up. I guess so. I didn't um, get to talk about Adrian Lyne though. Okay. Uh, well, go ahead. Uh, just, I do want to mention two movies that he made, his okay. best movie and a terrible movie. Uh, Unfaithful is a, oh my, yes. Uh, I mean, I like, I really like Jacob's Ladder too, but Unfaithful is probably his best film. Yeah. Uh, and then Fatal Attraction, which is a, just a, uh, big dumb movie that I hate. But, uh, they're both <laughs> movies that are about, uh, I mean, Glenn Close is sort of exacting revenge on Michael Douglas mm-hmm. in Fatal, Fatal Attraction. And then Richard Gere exacts a little bit of revenge on uh, on Frenchy uh, in Unfaithful, uh, <laughs> Oliver Martinez. Name. Yeah, uh, that's that his name. name. Uh, well, what, what else was he in? He was in SWAT. That's right. He was the guy in SWAT. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, those are both. Uh, I, I don't know. He's. I think Adrian Lyne has a little bit of self pity or something when it comes to women because even in even in Faithful, Unfaithful, when. Uh, Richard Gere is the one exacting the revenge. Right. Uh, he still has all this sort of self-hatred about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, there's one really good movie on the topic and one really bad movie on the topic, both from the same director. You know, I just thought, I just thought of one that I guess maybe this is, maybe this is how we should end it. Um, like a lot of the movies that we've talked about are very stylistic, you know, um, you know, like Sin City and Batman and the Crow Titus. and yeah, Titus. Yeah. Um, that, like, what you know, what would it look like if a real per, you know, and like even even Mystic River, which takes place in reality, you know, Sean Penn's character does have a life of crime and has 
hurt people and killed people before. Right. So it's like, what would it... So, like, for example, the movie In the Bedroom. Oh, that, that's on my list. I forgot about uh, that. Yeah, I don't know why it wasn't on mine until just now. But um, That's a good one to end on. Yeah, it's a great because movie. so many people, we all have these revenge fantasies where you're just like, oh, I want to get him. But the fact of the matter is, if and this movie really shows it, that you can plan it out and try and seem unemotional about it. And even if you if you're emotionally invested in it, which of course you, how can you not be? But like, even if you are, like, once you've done it, like that that last scene from in the bedroom after Tom spoilers after Tom Wilkinson has killed uh, the man that killed his son. I mean, he is just. You get the impression like, oh, he's never going to sleep again, ever. Yeah, you know, and it's just because I think that's. That's what would happen if an ordinary person actually lived out this fantasy because it feels so natural to just want to get somebody back. But in reality, this would dis- this would probably destroy you inside. Yeah. Because even though it feels natural to actually do it is, you know, incredibly inhuman. Um, so. There we go. Yeah. Uh, that's a good note to end on. Because so, yeah. in the bedroom is, I think, the gets to the heart of what we want revenge movies to be about. Right. So uh, watch in the bedroom and uh, feel sad about things. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.